Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Wow, everybody's looking good. Hi, Romo. Good to see you. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be doing something very interesting and important also. Um, I believe that every one of us will have a story. We came from somewhere. We didn't just fall from the sky. And even if we fell from the sky, that in itself is a story. <laughs> so we're going to be sharing a bit of our personal stories. Thank you. Um, our stories to faith. Um, the entire Bible that we read today, there are stories of people and their lives and how they met God. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, I'm going to welcome two people to join me here. Um, and I'll ask us to open up our hearts and our ears to listen and possibly learn or probably give feedback that can also teach us. Thank you. So Jessica and Ike, can you join me please? Can we clap for them as they come up? Hi, Jessica. Hi, Ike. Welcome, guys. Okay, so what was that? Thank you. On? Oh, yeah, this is on. Okay, so before we start, we're just going to say a very little prayer. I'd like us to close our eyes. Everybody, please. Um, I'd like you to talk to God in your own way. Just ask him to speak to your heart today. You don't want to hear me. You don't want to hear Jessica. You don't want to hear Ike. Um, just ask God to speak directly to you, um, to your condition, to your situation, and to your heart. Um, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this great opportunity. Um, we give you praise because it's beautiful always to be here as a family, as friends, worshiping together. We ask you, Lord, that you speak to our hearts, speak to our situations, speak to our conditions. We want to hear you and you alone, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Welcome once again. So, let me give us a little background. There's a popular, I see this in on social media almost every week. Every sinner has a past and every saint, no, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Literally, is the summary of what we're doing today. Um, everybody, as I said in the beginning, we have a story. And God is very interesting. Most times, he doesn't pick the most perfect people. Think about all the people that God has worked with from the beginning. Moses, he wasn't perfect. He was a murderer. He was a stammerer. Abraham, he wasn't perfect. He was the son of an idol worshiper. And he himself wasn't even all that. Um, think of Mary. <laughs> Mary, yes, she was a virgin, but... She was a lowly person. I mean, if I were God and I was going to pick someone, I don't think I would go down to Bethlehem. There's someone in Herod's house I could have done with. Someone in Rock, someone in the White House, someone, you know, that had their acts together. Think of the 12 disciples. None of them were educated. They were farmers, very eh, dead guys, to be honest. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm sorry, but they were dead guys. And, you know, God, them and then when God was even going to pick someone who was neat he picked the worst tyrant which was Saul before he became Paul who had spent his entire life hunting down Christians killing them being very abusive to them plotting ways to erase them you know literally the worst person on earth at that moment in my opinion <laughs> so Kind of that's how God works. Um, so we come to church every day, everybody dresses in their white gown, white kaftan, like this my brother in front, looking good, looking all neat, as if this was how we came. But we all know that this isn't the real thing. Everybody, we all have where we came from. And we're all going somewhere because we haven't entirely arrived. I don't think if you meet Pastor Freddie now, you ask him, oh, I guess you're now perfect and you can, then what's the point? He can as well leave the world <laughs> and go to heaven. So we're all going somewhere. So I think I will begin with, okay, um, okay practically, uh, I'm going to ask you one little question. Um, can you give us a little background to how you came to know God personally and why you even chose to 
perhaps give him a shot. I mean, you have other options. There is Islam, Buddha, traditional African religion, and every other thing. So yeah, thank you. The way you did that introduction now is like people are expecting that I kill like 200 people. And no, that's not the idea. <laughs> but if you did, it's okay. Tell ah, us. <laughs> I can't confess in public. <laughs> Don't worry. This is a safe space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. My name is I.K. Um, I, was, I was born in church, really. My, my parents are pastors. Um, you get the vibe. <laughs> you, oh, you can't hear me? Oh, I said I was born in church. I don't have any, like, you know, like killing 200 people story. I was, I was born in church. But, but, you know, I was born into the system of religion that most of us came out from, where, like, essentially how I see it is, like, you know, my, my, my grandfather worshipped like the deity of his days and then my dad was born into it and then my dad left and became I started worshipping Jesus. So like if they ask this person, what are you worshipping? I'm worshipping Amadioha. This person, what are you worshipping? I'm worshipping so there's this and then me, what are you worshipping? I'm worshipping Jesus. But it's the same template. It's the same like there's this thing up there and there's me down here and I have to suffer to please this person. This person is not interested in me. I have to like do all this work. Like it was, there was just so much pressure. Uh, but then, like, obviously, like there's the upside of your blessing. <laughs> so, like, are you interested in blessing? Okay, do the work, <laughs> right? So I just I was born into that system, uh, and then from there, like I transitioned. I joined uh, one of the top fit churches in, in the country right now. Um, and it was, it was still the same thing. It was like that idea of a God up there and me down here and me trying to, like, he has pitied me and given me salvation. So don't lose it. <laughs> if you lose it. <laughs> so there's just that constant, will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Like, there was this, no, I, like, I grew up, like, if you went to CEM camp, if you went to all those SU camps, they will now show all those movies at the end. Mount Zion films, like... You know, so at some point, like my soul broke. Like I'm not doing. Like I'm tired. Like leave me. Like like what is all this? <laughs> you get so, um, and I just like I just started living life uh, pretty much on my own time. But you know, like uh, the good thing about being born in that system is that the seed of the word of God is in you, and like it doesn't matter where you go, <laughs> you know. When it you just hear small things, just like ah, oh God, this is not my house. Anyway, uh, sometime recently. I, I think it started, it started from work, actually. It started from like, uh, me trying to figure out like, what exactly I wanted, I wanted to do with my life. I got to a point where I... I don't know how to put this. Uh, but I, I, I wanted an edge. Like I wanted, a, I wanted something... I, I noticed that like, most of the best performing people around me had like, something that was like, natural to them. Like, this person is a natural hard worker, or this person is naturally inclined to design, or this person is like, and me, I'm like. <laughs> and so I, 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 obviously, because I had that spiritual background, I'm like, okay, I know what to do. <laughs> the Holy Spirit would be my. So it became like the, the bait that brought me into, um, into a conversation. Obviously, uh, before then, I started hearing like the righteousness and grace message. This was way back in in 2011. Joseph Prince, uh, all those things. It sounded like heresy. Like, please take this rubbish away from me. I am trying to make heaven. <laughs> please <laughs> keep this far away from me. What is once saved, always saved. Whatever you do, God is pleased with you, please. <laughs> there is still sin and rapture to get to. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but that idea of, and that, because, but the reason I rejected that was that that idea of, uh, you know, an unimpressed God, a God that I need to please, it doesn't reconcile with the idea of somebody who is, who will love you unconditionally. I couldn't imagine God as a father. I didn't, like, please. In fact, Please, like, the less interaction I have with you, the, the better. Like, less, 
let's not mistakenly and thunder will strike us. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, that was my, that was where I was coming from. And then all of a sudden, like when I, when I had this urge to get back to God, um, just to get back into the scripture, I started to see that, like that idea that God is my father started to confront me again. In fact, it was, it was Jesus's propaganda. If you look at um, Matthew chapter five, Matthew, like Jesus didn't say anything and then comes to five, chapter five, your heavenly father this, your heavenly father that. And, and the people he's talking to are people like the God they know is thunder and lightning. <laughs> Do you understand? And then he shows up and he's like, oh, your father in heaven loves you. And, you know, come and, like, who? The one that was told me if I, do you understand? But that was like his propaganda. And I kept, like, I'm like, I, I, I don't see it, right? But the Holy Spirit just kept showing me. So just one image after the other. I started, first I saw that, I remember the day, like it was, it was I think it was last year or two years ago. I had like this Saturday, I just sat down and said, okay, show me. Like, make it make sense, right? So, uh, it started from, like, Romans chapter 4. And I saw that God, God does not have an issue with me. Like, the issue that God has with sin is, is sin as a thing that is blocking me from him. As opposed to sin as, like, what you are doing. You, I will kill you one day. Like, it's, it's more like, I want this guy, but there's something in between. And there is something that is perpetuating that distance. There is, there is like a Satan. There is, a, there is an entire thing that is trying to create. So God, I saw a God who, who played like, like a mad chess move. Jesus, that Jesus card was, it was a genius card. That's why the Bible said like, if they knew what he was planning, they would not have killed Jesus. Because the idea of Jesus now was that, I have that system where, like, if you do good kingdom, oh, kingdom. If you do bad, no more kingdom. That's what the devil was using. Like, you have done bad, no more kingdom. But now, Jesus came and said, I've done good for people who have done bad. So everybody gets kingdom. <laughs> you understand? So I, I started to see it. I'm like, okay. And then the next picture was, I'm sorry. The next picture was um, um, that idea that when you give your life to Christ, you didn't, like I said, like you didn't start serving Jesus. Do you understand? You didn't go from, okay, my people were serving Oshun, now I'm serving Jesus. You actually became an offspring of God. Like it was, it was, it was, you, it, no, you were, the Bible said you were born of the incorruptible seed of God. I understood that through that seed as, like the seed that a man uses to reproduce. So it's, it was a birth. You changed species. You became a child. You didn't become a worshiper. You didn't become an adherent. Do you understand? You became an offspring of God. So the relationship is not the relationship that my great-grandfather had with Amadioha. It's a father and a son now. You get So it, it changed perspective for me. I'm like, okay. Like, and then Ephesians chapter 1, I started to see that Yo, like this has been a long time coming. In fact, one of the best things that happened to me that like unlocked this thing for me was so most of the religious timeline starts from Adam to rapture. So it's like in the beginning, God created Adam, Adam messed up, suffering, 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 Jesus. Now there is a there's a there's a finish line here. At that finish line, you better be in the book of life. So now, everybody who is dealing with this timeline is a race to the book of life. So all the pressure of religion, all the pressure that we feel from that system is, is because you are trying to make this cut of mark on the last day when the Lord shall come. You are trying to be on the right side. But I noticed something in Ephesians chapter one. The timeline became different. The, it was the first time I saw before the foundation of the world. And then Ephesians chapter 2, in the ages to come. I'm like, okay, before the foundation of the world, just as Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, I think, just as he chose us in him, before the foundation. So I realized that, wait, I was part of a conversation before this timeline. Mm. There was something that involved me before this timeline. God wanted me before let there be light. He wanted me before Adam, Eve saw 
the fruits. He wanted me before Cain, Abel. He wanted me before all that. And there was something else that happened before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain. So it was like, I understood that as like, okay, before we start all this sun, moon, and star thing, there is this guy. I want IK. I want IK. <laughs> yeah, go on. Just I want IK. Yeah, but... Okay, okay. Yeah. I want IK, but I... I'm going to make insurance available so that in case he does anything, there's a cover. There's a cover. And then yeah. I want him to be part of something that I'm going to do a lot later. Later, later, later. So I, it freed my soul from the pressure of mm. I am not in that race to meet my redeemer. It freed my soul from that pressure. And now I'm um, like, oh wow, like this is this is for life. Like this is like as long after heaven when they do the new heaven, do the new earth, like, we are in this for life, right? Yeah. So that picture, man, it just freed me. And I started to walk in this love, this relationship. Wow. Thank you so much, Ike. See the person who say he doesn't have his story. We can as well close service now, because to be honest, I mean, um, so what he said is very remarkable. I work in a news agency. And most times when we go to the newsroom, we don't really like good news. I'm sorry, it's not, good news is not news. Someone gave birth to two kids, okay. Someone gave birth to yam, now that's interesting news. <laughs> um, so, and that's exactly what happened, what happens with when people hear the good news, which is the gospel. So we have never heard anybody argue that Adam was the person that brought sin into the world. Once you hear it, you accept it. Oh, interesting. Sorry, Adam brought bad news into the, uh, bad brought death and shame and pain into the world. Everybody accepts it. Sure, that's what most people hinge their faith on. And then some other guy comes and says, "Someone died for you two thousand years ago, and you are free from all your sin." We're like, "This is too good. This is heretic. This is hyper grace. What are you saying? It can't be real. I have to work hard." This is the kind of news we like. It's bad, you know, it's scandalous. We love it. We don't love the good news. It's human nature, but the truth is, the good news is the good news. Exactly what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago is enough, and you don't have to do anything else. I mean, I remember one of the days we were talking with the kids, and I told them that God doesn't have hate in his heart, and he is incapable of hating someone. Like, even if he tries, he can't. So it's not, you know how human beings are incapable of flying? Normal human beings. <laughs> That's exactly how the heart of God is. He can't hate. So it was too good, they couldn't understand. They said, even if I lie, and they're like, yeah, he still doesn't hate you. Yes, he hates the lying, but he doesn't hate you. And even if he, and I think hate is such a strong word to connect with God. Even if he's not a fan of you lying, he's not going to punish you and kill you because if you know better, you would do better. So most times, what God works hard doing is opening our eyes so we can understand. Because for the most part of us, if we know better, we'll do better. What actually happens is the devil is perfect at beclouding people, putting a dark cloak around our eyes and then distorting the truth. Did God say you shouldn't eat any fruit in the garden? That wasn't what God said. That was just the devil playing a trick. He knew exactly what God said, but he knew that if he presents it, Eve will have a definite answer. So he distorted it and said, did God say you shouldn't eat any fruit in the garden? And then he went ahead and even, <laughs> the devil is very tricky, and said that if you eat this fruit, you will know good and evil. Now when God created man, he said that you are good, you're perfect. If you're good, do you really need bad? I mean, who has good and needs bad? Who has dollars and wants <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't say anything, I didn't say anything. But if you have something good, do you really need bad? I mean, God created you and called you good. You are perfect, you're like him. You don't really need bad. But as the devil is, he played his trick. So back to what he was saying, um, for most of us, Religion seems very convenient. It seems like you're doing something. Most of us, we just, you know, business is fun. I don't know, during the lockdown, I know some people who nearly lost their minds just because 
they're used to waking up by 5 a.m., rushing off to the streets, going back, you know, all that. I'm working on a project, you know, we're checking out something, I'm working on all that stuff. It makes you feel human. It makes you feel like you're doing something, you know, you feel like an adult. Um, but for God, you don't have to do anything. Everything that you want to do has been done and paid for. What you have to do is receive it and respond in love. That responding in love is literally living out your life for him, for his purpose. And this doesn't mean, oh, I have to go to church at 10 a.m. because I want to please God. You're missing it because he's already pleased with you. You have to go to church at 10 a.m. because you love him and you want to worship him. Not because I have to pay my tithe because if I don't, my pocket will be tight. Mm -mm. It's not biblical. The Bible told us that the sun, the moon, the rain falls on the good, the same way it falls on the evil. God doesn't pick out those who are doing him. I mean, that's very vengeful. So if you do me good, I'll do you good. If you do me bad, I'll do you bad. But that's not the kind of God we have. So it's interesting to hear what I.K. just said. And um, I'll let Jessica talk. Jessica, you could share a bit on why you decided to choose this faith amongst all the other faith. Um, on earth today. Thank you. Okay, hi guys. Hi. So I was born in a Christian home. So, but I was born in a Christian home. My parents were really church workers, especially my father. He was very active in church. So we grew up like that. But why I chose to follow God, because I saw the Muslims and it was not, I grew up near an Ilekeo. If you know Ilekeo is a mosque where they learn Alif Ba that I can recite it. It wasn't okay, interesting, all those things they were doing. So I felt like, okay, let me just follow God. But growing up, there was something my parents did that was, I would not like to do that. They sold their fears to us. They sold their fears to us. This is bad, village people are bad, this world is bad. They sold that thing to us so much so that it kind of crippled us as kids. We didn't go for excursion because we were always afraid. We didn't go out. So my idea of serving God was, since I have a lot of enemies pursuing me, I will impress you. Thank you. I will impress you enough to protect me and give me a better life. Because in the midst of all this fear and this church thing, life was not good. It wasn't good. Things were bad. And they, they were so blinded by this fear. They just felt like, let's just, how we went from day to day, I don't know how, but things were bad. So I, my idea of serving God was, I have enemies, they are pursuing me. I didn't go to the East in 2019. We didn't go to the village. It was that bad. So, <laughs> so I, I said, okay, let me serve God. I will impress him enough and he will give me a good life. So you keep your end of the day. I know you can keep it. You are God, you are great. Help me to keep mine. That was my own idea of saving God. But I moved from that place. I entered into Christianity of a Christianity of conformity. You have to be like this. Everybody has to be like this. So when you question, you are a rebel. I was always tagged the rebel because there's a lot of things they did that didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense because you are teaching us God will protect you. God will, God will help you. But we want to go for outside program. Don't go. What if something happens? So that, that kind of was conflicting. You're my leader. You tell me God will protect me. Let me go for programs in all that, the same place, all that teenagers. Mm -mm. You, thank you. You don't give God a chance to even protect me. So I, I, I moved from there because I, I've attended many churches. I moved from there. I entered into serious performance-based Christianity. Performance mixed with fear. So you have to pray for two hours. My voice will always crack because I have to shout for two hours. If you don't do that, you're not aligned to the kingdom. So my voice, my voice is now clear. It was always cracked. This? The show of... I love no, this. no. These are my voices. I I'm naturally a But imagine how I sound when my voice is cracked. It was that bad. I don't talk. Because I have to do kabash for two hours. It has to be complete. So they will ask you. And you cannot say one hour. You understand? So I moved from there. It was serious. I'm a very playful person, but when I was in that performance, I had to be quiet because you have to become to be meek, meek and lowly spirit. I was calm. I became so cold and harsh because I was trying to be loud. They're just cloning us, 
to be like one person. So that was where I was. But my breakthrough was COVID. At that, I know COVID was bad. Sorry, guy. COVID time. Died. Yes, COVID, COVID time, but. At that February March, I was tired of church, but I had to go. I, was, I didn't have any, we had one go. The only God I know, and this is only what I know. So when church closed, it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I grew up a tomboy, so I don't like making my hair, but in church, you have to make your hair because what? if your hair is not to this lens, the angels will not receive. The angels, that's what they told us. If it's not here, I don't know why. So you see me with hair, I'm always like this, I'm not happy. <laughs> I don't like making hair, so after the, during the lockdown, I just faithful bobbed my hair. That was the first thing I did. What? A worldly girl. I cut my hair and I dyed it red. After I'm not going to church, nobody will see A worldly girl. So I, that was what I was, but I wasn't still happy. During the lockdown, people were resting, people were dying, but we're not resting. We're praying 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., all around the clock. At the point, I think in June, I said, I told my sister, you see this prayer, I know they do a key. Let heaven fall. <laughs> Tell that pastor that I am not praying. So they wake me up by 4 a.m. I look just I'm gonna pray. I'm awake. I'm awake doing pressing my phone. I just, I'm not praying. Oh, that was I. And <laughs> so, so prior to then in 2019, January, no, last year, January, I had the grace message for the first time from they call him the visionary, Reverend Muyo Akionjo. So I I had it and I dropped it. This is hypergrace. It's too good. No, this cannot be. Ah, no. I dropped it because then we are told not to read to say Prince. If you are caught with to say Prince Bible, uh, books, then soup. So when I heard it, I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. So during the lockdown now, what we're hearing was Antichrist, COVID vaccine, 666, the reformed Roman Empire. That's what we're hearing. That's what we're hearing. 5G. 5G. Was, 5G. You know, I just said, you know what, I'm tired of church. See, this God, I know they do again. So somehow, I just picked up that grace message, that Reverend Muyo, and I started listening to it. I listened to it over and one particular one. I think God loves me, or dimensions of God's love. I listened to it over 50 times, back to back, every day, every day, every day. At the point, in my sleep, when I sleep, it was like a conflict going on in my sleep. So the things I've heard, and the things I'm hearing. I will be asleep, but there's a war going on in my mind. It was so serious. I've never experienced it before. So, but then church was not open. We were going for meetings. When I go to meetings, they're preaching, the Lord will deal with you. The other one I've heard, what I've heard, he's telling me God loves you. So it was a confliction, conflict, uh, conflict. So God was like, if you want to follow them, you follow them. Because the worst thing that happened to you is you are hearing this and you are hearing this. If you want to follow them, if you want to follow grace, follow grace. So I just, I stopped church and August, when, when church opened in August, I didn't go. And my sister was saying, you did go. I know they go. Tell them I'm at home. They won't call me. They're having Thanksgiving. I'm not coming. <laughs> well, I've told pastor, I'm not coming. So that was how I stayed. And uh, I became, one thing, I, I, I was so fearful because of this message of, I didn't have self-worth. I didn't have worth on myself because I felt like reducing yourself was, was part of humility. So if you're talking to me, I can't look at you in the eye. I'm always, I was broken on the inside based on where I was coming from and everything. When I had that message, something broke. Talking to me, I'm looking at you in your eye like this. I'm always like, I'm talking to you, you're telling me, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I had to, I left before I found my way to try. No, I went for immersion in Ibadan. Then I found my way here. That was how I came here. Interesting. Thank you so much. Can we clap for her, please? Um, please, I need um, Romans 12, verse 2, message translation. Um, you see, Jesus lived a very interesting life, and religious people hated him. Like, it was, this guy was going for parties, drinking wine, not washing his hand, healing people on Sabbath day. All his best friends, none was a Pharisee or Sadducee. He just went and picked up some scraps from the streets, gathered all of them, and was partying morning till night, living his best life, to be honest. Like, if Jesus was on earth today, are you, what drag what? Would have crucified him. His Lindic Jesus lover will have him every day. Instead, 
<laughs> so, but you see, we sometimes confuse what. Wait, let me be sure I call the right place. Uh, yeah, verse two. Okay, check verse one. Sorry, let me be sure. So, uh, is that verse one? When he has it up. So, sometimes we confuse what Christianity. Yes, this is what I was looking for. This is a summary of what our faith is. This is actually the entire summary of what our faith is. God is not expecting you to do anything other than ordinary. Look at the life Jesus lived. He literally had his daily eating, going to work, going to the bathroom, having a normal life. Jesus actually wants you to have a normal life. He doesn't want you to have some weird, spooky, strange, weirdo life. Because if you check his own life, he wasn't confined in one corner morning to night. He actually did work. He was a carpenter. At some point, he was a fisherman. He walked around. He went for parties. He went for weddings. He did normal things. That's exactly what God wants you to do with your life. So I'd like us to read this. And thank God for me, you're here. Help me, please. Just read it out because I know some people may not be able to see the screen. Okay. Morning, church. Okay, from that. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I hope that was clear. This message Bible is like the most modern English, so I didn't go to King James before Daesha. Everybody will be confused. This is all. Literally, the summary of what God wants from you. Your normal life, your sleeping, your waking up, the first thing you say in the morning, the last thing you say at night. Carry all of them. Pack it and give them. Whether they are good or bad and you think they are perfect or not perfect, it's okay. At least just give it to him. Like literally full surrender. Don't have to overthink it. Oh, I don't know the right words to stay in prayer. I don't have these Bible verses that Pastor Toby always calls. It's okay. It doesn't impress God. I'm sorry, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying it doesn't impress God. What God looks out for is the heart. Once he's sure that your heart is surrendered to him, it's okay to work with you. So you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be spirit cocoa. I'm not against it. I'm just trying to paint a picture so we understand. You don't have to be conform. You know, she was talking about how everybody had to be a particular way, talk a particular way, think it. That's a robot. God is not raising robots. We're not in a cult. We're actually in a relationship with our father. And in a relationship with your father, maybe Nigerian parents may not be the best, but let's just imagine in a relationship with a perfect father, you actually have room to think and ask questions and even refuse and say, I'm not sure about this one. Make it make sense. He said that. And it's okay, because God is not expecting you to swallow everything hook, sign, hook, line, and sinker. There was a part in the Bible where a particular church had to go back and confirm what was taught to them to know if it's accurate. That's exactly what God wants you to do. So I've heard people, <laughs> people are interesting. I've heard people say, if you're a Christian, should you be working in a particular this thing? I'm not going to mention a particular industry. I, I'm not going to call names. But I always ask them, so say you're a banker. Are you going to deal with only Christians? Are you going to say, you're not a Christian, so I will not attend to you. You can go back. Only Christians. Pastors only. A Christian. <laughs> Unless you open a Christian bank. Or say you run Chicken Republic. Nice, nice. Only. Can <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> Only Christians. Only Christians is who I attend to. And you know, that is not Christianity. That is not what God wants for you. That is not who God is. So I think that it's important that we always come back to what God really wants. You can look from before the garden. He mentioned that God had already seen all our imperfections and he made a room for us. So it's not even, before you started sinning, God had already taken care of your sin. So can you stop stressing yourself about this sin thing? 
and focus on loving and worshiping and accepting the father, the father who has already accepted you. Um, before I take up all the time, I'll come back to IK. <laughs> I'll come back to IK. Um, so I believe, as you said, when you started hearing this message, it wasn't palatable. Like it wasn't, it was too good to be true. Um, what eventually made you accept it, one, and now be bold enough to even share it? Um, can you speak a bit on that? Thank okay. you. I think, I think it's, it's the image of God. First of all, like, who do you, is that question Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? If the answer to that question is not consistent with the kind of person who would accept you unconditionally, then you will never accept it. If the idea of God is, like if you have not seen the character that will support that complete acceptance, you will not, you, if your idea of God is somebody I need to please, somebody I need to work hard, somebody that, you know, like that, there's this power delta, there's, he's up there and I'm down here and I'm imperfect and he's up there all holy and perfect, you will never accept it. So it's one of the best things the Holy Spirit did for me was, like launder God's image <laughs> uh, essentially but so I started to see like first I started this this there's, there's something called like I said okay first thing is this relationship is father and son but again that was hard for me because my father and son relationship my earthly father and son relationship did not give the right context yeah so he started to show me that there's something called uh, the still-faced experiment. I don't know if anybody knows about it. The idea is, uh, you know, they show a child and it's uh, a child with a parent. The child is playing, you know, the parent, but the parent is just smiling. Yeah, just smiling, smiling, happy. And then the parents will turn the face away. And when the parent turns back, the face is still, like the face is like this. It's not smiling, it's not happy. You would, in the experiment, you will see the baby get physically agitated. Like, why are you not smiling at me? Like, why are you not, what is going on? It's not that you're frowning, it's just like you're not smiling. So that idea, like the baby will keep trying to do the same things it was doing, it's like to get your attention, and then within a few seconds, the baby will start crying. The idea is, the only way to see God as a father is to see that he's excited about you at all times. This Ephesians 1, 4, he said, in fact, that Ephesians 1, like three times, you just keep saying, according to the good pleasure of his will. That was a very key statement for him, for me. God is, this relationship is, I'm his son and he's pleased with me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's, it's, it actually applies to you too. So it's like, whether you come out from you know the vibes, you understand? Or you come out from 21 days fasting, you are the beloved son. Uh, you just carry up. Uh, how are you? What did you do? You've done that thing again, Abby. Try. Angel, clean him up, clean him up. How are you? My son, my son. But you have to see that image of a God that is constantly pleased with you. That he doesn't, like, the relationship is that this person is look, in fact, another part that you need to see is that you are growing up to become his, you are his heir, you are his son. It's like uh, chapter two, verse uh, seven, I said, in the ages to come, that he will show what the greatness of his mercy is. It's like the, the trajectory of your life is from where you are now to the image of the invisible God. So God is grooming you as his child. So in that, that relationship requires a lot of patience. That relationship requires a lot of um, delight that like you need you need a safe environment for us to continue to love him and and that's what you need to see so if you don't get that new image of God if you don't see that God who is excited that God who is generous that's another thing uh, that God that will give himself give his spirit give his love give his heart before you even know anything the Bible said while we were still yet dead in sin and trespasses Christ died for us, which means I saw a God that would give everything. I knew, I was taught a God that if you don't make that sacrifice to move him, he will not be moved. I saw a God that drops all his cards on the table, like all his chips. Before you even get the chance to accept or reject it, he has given you Jesus, he has given Holy Spirit, he has given upfront. I saw a God who makes upfront deposits with everything. And then I saw 
I saw effort. This is this is this is one that blew my mind. I saw effort. There's, uh, I think it's Hebrews six seventeen, where he said, "God seeking more abundantly to show the immutability of His counsel." There's a way that scripture came to me. I saw effort. Like the idea. Sorry, this is the last thing. The idea is he was he gave a promise, and then I mean God gave you a promise. It should be enough for anybody. But the Bible said. Because he wants you to be comfortable, he confirmed that promise with an oath. That's that line there, God seeking more abundantly, it melted my heart. I like like he didn't need to. Like he didn't need to. He he he's making efforts to make you comfortable. Uh, if you read down the verse, he said, This hope we have as anchor for our souls. Like that this is the thing now that makes us relaxed. In his presence. This is why we will accept that this person is for us for all time. Do you understand? This is the picture of who loves me. The 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 Amadio Hakaim person does not love me. This guy, this guy loves me. And I love this guy. Do you understand? Like the, I can love this guy. This guy, if if, I, if this guy is not my dad, I will write application for him to adopt me. Like, do you understand? Do you understand? But once you if you don't have that mental model, you can't love God. You can't accept that he loves you. But you have to see that person. Yeah, thank you, Ike. Thank you so much. Um, can I clap for him? Thank you. Um, we are rounding up, but I, I, I will let Jessica talk a bit more on this. Because sometimes, and this is sound, as I said, they sound too good to be true. We are now in a perpetual Sabbath. I don't know if that makes sense. It may not make sense because today we don't really practice what Sabbath is. So imagine this to be a holiday, a real holiday, not the Lagos type, the one that it, we're in a lockdown. I think that that's the perfect picture. We're in a lockdown with God. We're in a place of rest. No more doing. No more activity. No more proving points. No more conditions. No more waking up early early to prove a point. If you're waking up early, it's because you love God. If you're talking to him, it's because you love him. If you're going to church or not going to church, it is because you love him. If you're being prudent at work and hardworking, it's not because, oh, I'm going to miss heaven. No, it's because you love God. If we can bring our attention away from hell and sin and death, and focus on what matters. We will live a much more wholesome life like Jesus. You will go to weddings. You will go to parties. You will dye your hair. Nobody is going to kill you for that. This is not what matters to Jesus. As in, look at the woman who was about to be stoned. Like, people were, they were so sure that Jesus was going to condemn her and kill her. The woman who had five husbands, they're not even her husbands, five men. Like, she was so sure that this is what Jesus cared about. She was talking up. Jesus was talking, I have water. <laughs> it's like, this, this woman is saying, this man is like, you're not getting me. I said, I have five men in my house. Say, I don't really care about this thing. There's something better. Like, there is actually something better. Stop focusing on what God is not focusing on if you're wearing makeup, if you're, I don't know, I don't know all these things that we care about. If you're what? If you're eating sardine, I don't know. I mean, these are the things that people care about. But that's not God. So we keep projecting our issues on God. So today, if I have an issue with black people, I'll say God doesn't like black people. If I have an issue with hair scarf, I'll say God says you must tie scarf. But that's, this is not what God is interested in. Jesus, as he said, was the perfect picture of God. Think of all the things Jesus cared about. He cared about people. He cared about. He went about doing good. He never had a time when he stood like the Pharisees to condemn people or bring them down or focus on their sins, on their wrongs. He never did. In short, the one time he even rebuked people, it was the religious people. Called them Buddha fibers. What, what am I saying? Vi vipers. I say, sorry, guys, forgive me. English is shut off. But you guys get the idea. Thank you so much. So, this, stop focusing on what God is not focusing on. 
if you want to imagine what God cared about, look at Jesus, look at his life, look at what he cared about and what he did. So just to wrap it up, um, Jessica, you have been you know, in a very place, as I said, stranger religion. We are not against people actually going to church and following the rules of your church. But it's also important that you know why you do the thing. Because if you don't understand why, you will just be a robot doing what they said you should do. So can you maybe speak to people? Because you said you, it was a personal revelation to you to understand why you needed to step away from church, step away from religion, and focus on the heart of God, which is Jesus. Can you, in a very short moment, thank you. All right, I'll say, um, Bernard. one thing I noticed about Nigerians is that we have there's this burden. Nigeria has lots of problems. And sometimes religious problem is, is it can drain. So when I stepped away from where I was coming from and I, I started listening to the message of grace, it was like a whole weight was lifted off my shoulders. Because two thirds of, third of my effort was trying to please God. I wasn't thinking about my life, how to move my life forward. It was mostly to please God. But when I stepped into grace, it was like a whole weight was lifted from my shoulders. I now had time for myself. I had time to think about my future. I now learned how to save, how to do business. I did not all these things before. Excellent. So I looked at the life of Jesus Christ. He said, come on to me, all you that are burdened. Religion is a burden. If you have done religion very well, it's a strong burden. I know. He said, I know. We know. Come on to me, all you that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. That rest was what caught me. It Holy was day. rest for me. Mm. I, I have to live, I can live my best life. I don't, nobody, I don't send anybody, nobody go send me. I got to that place whereby I, I saw progress in my life, so I can tell people that. But well, people don't understand. But I just pray that God opens everyone's eyes because Amen. we are all God's children. And Amen. He's working towards visiting us personally. I think that's just what I have to say. Thank you so much. Um, just to wrap it up, okay, some people have questions. Interesting. Okay, to wrap it up, can we look at Romans 12 verse 1 again? I'm, I'm trying to bring our attention back to this um, because this particular verse, you're going to help us with questions. This particular verse, for me, the message translation, please, um, it was everything. Um, so for me, again, please, for the people in the back. <laughs> the same one? Yes. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Stop doing, like, it's okay. You have tried. You can rest now. Just stop. Do you understand? I think that that's exactly all God is requiring from us. Stop this whole debating and arguing and doing an activity. It's okay. You can rest. Zoike. Zukwanike. Do you understand? <laughs> Just rest. Do you understand? So that's the message for today. If you didn't hear anything today, that's what you hear. He has a question, so um, I think we can take the mic to him. All right, good morning, church. Um, we'll pray briefly, but before we do that, I just want to um, shed light on a few things. And I think that many times when grace is talked about, um, some things are emphasized and what people are hearing are different. I always say that every time the true gospel is preached, the first question that comes to mind is, are you saying we can live anyhow, do anything we want to do? If that question doesn't come when you hear the gospel, you have probably not heard the gospel. So you should read Romans chapter 6 for those that have questions. And I'm thinking somebody should have that question. You know, so, okay, are you saying, okay, just live anyhow, don't do anything. Uh, read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 from verse 1 says, Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Because a group, there are groups and um, sets of people and beliefs that think that there's no wrong, there's no good. Anything goes. Every, I mean, the world is tethering towards that angle right now. So, and they'll say, no, you can't be absolute about anything. But, but you can. I mean, right here, who agrees that pedophilia is good? Who agrees that rape is good? 
So if you push those, if you push the envelope that there's no sin, that's what you probably will be saying. Murder is okay. I mean, the 12-year-old that, that just got killed, I mean, it's wrong in some people's eyes. It may not be wrong. Who says that? Nobody. So there's sin. So it's not true that God, because of grace, there's no sin. If you're in church on Wednesday, you have learned. We, we talked about grace. You know, Pastor Toby blessed us so much. One of the things that was a takeaway, that's always a takeaway for me when we speak about grace, is that grace is an enablement to live godly. It's an empowerment to live the God kind of life. It's not a license to live anyhow. So Jesus has called us to freedom, but it's not freedom to live as you like. It's not freedom to live sinful lives, you know. It is freedom to live the way God wants you to live. Freedom to live righteous lives. You understand? Because sin, and there is sin, to God sin is not okay. Because sin will take you further than you want to go. And it will cost you much more than you want to pay, that you, than you are willing to pay. Sin will destroy your lives. That's why God doesn't like it. So he was throwing that light on. It's not that God is saying, no, you're offending me. You're offending me. Now, no heaven, no gift. Mm -mm. Sin will destroy your life. You don't have the capacity to live your life on your terms. Jeremiah chapter 10. I quoted it two Sundays ago. Man that breathes doesn't have the capacity to live life on his terms. We all need God. And we need God's instructions to help us live better lives. Praise the Lord. So Titus chapter 12. I would like to read the Passion Translation. Yeah, sorry, Titus chapter 2. Um, from verse 11 we say God's marvelous grace King James for those of you that have been in church for a long time the grace of God that brought salvation has appeared unto men alright so God's marvelous grace has manifested in person bringing salvation for everyone this, this same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent yes ungodliness Titus chapter 2 I'm reading, I'm reading the Passion Translation. This same grace, that's verse 12, teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. It says, the King James says, the, the grace teaches us. Grace empowers you to live like this. So, um, and it equips us, you see, that's empowerment. It equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Because we continue to wait for the fulfillment of our hope in the, in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus, the Anointed One. He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase freedom for, from purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes what is beautiful in his eyes so what that's what grace does for you it empowers you so um god took into account that even though there is grace to empower you you will still miss the mark so he paid for it that's for do you understand so there's mercy there's grace the, grace comes with all those things mercy forgiveness so he says come boldly to the throne of grace that you so that you find what and then obtain no that you find grace which is favor and obtain mercy to help in times of need because um no matter how much you expose one of the reasons why we don't those of us who teach the love of God, the grace of God, the gospel of God. We don't focus on sin because what you focus on, eventually you become, you manifest. You understand? So this is how to focus on it. I teach you that, see, it's, 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 it's dangerous, it's detrimental, but hey, focus on righteousness. Focus on what God has done for you. Receive that. But what if I fall? Okay, if you fall, run back to God and say, this happened and receive grace. Praise the Lord. So anybody has a question? Yeah. You still have a question? Um, well, Thank you for striking this balance anyway. Yeah, thank you for striking the balance. But the question is like more like a personal thing now. Um, first of all, thank you for this program. Like it has done a lot for me sitting down here and listening to Ike and Jessica. Um, but for Ike, you said something concerning um, the steel face, concerning the child stuff, you know. And... Uh, I want to get convinced. How is it that, how is it that when I miss the mark, not like as if I'm planning to miss the mark because I'm under grace, so I know what to do. So say if. Back. Yeah, so what if, so now if I miss the mark, how do I get convinced that God is not going to frown at me? Okay. Because, wait, wait, let me finish, let me finish. Because the truth is, 
I don't know how, but we know. I don't know how I built it inside, but there's just this thing, you know, when I do wrong, I know that my dad will be frowning at me. Like, he's not going to be happy with me that I did something right, uh, wrong, okay? So now, you telling me that I should always look at him when I do wrong or whether I, I do right, that he's always smiling at me. I need, I need a better conviction for that. Okay. Okay. Yes, okay, I'm yeah, struggling to. I'm struggling to. Okay. Comprehend it. Then for Jessica, okay. you before you answer that for Jessica, thank you so much. In fact, part of my problem in my twenties, I'm thirty now. Part of my problem in my twenties was religion. Yes, it stressed me out in my twenties. But now I'm thirty and. I'm with tribe in 30, right? So yes. my, my 31, 32, 33 is gonna be yes. awesome. So back to you, IK. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you seen any of those pictures on the internet where like a child broke his father's TV and now run back to the father like, Daddy! <laughs> yeah. The problem is that you are thinking your relationship with God is man to man. You think you're an adult with God. We're a child. Bible said you have to receive the kingdom of God as a child. You have to understand that it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. The way God brings us back is love. It's not correction. It, they, see, eh, they, there is something about the consciousness of sin that God wants to wipe away. Hebrews chapter 10. He wants to remove the idea that you are even wrong. The, 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 his plan, eh, and you see this thing, this God, he has time, he has time. You think you are, it's because you are looking at your hundred years. He has time. You will correct. Don't, don't worry, relax. Go, come back. He will love you. You will go, come back. He will love you again. By the tenth time, you will not want to go again. Do you understand? It's not his love that he will pour love into you until you, you by yourself, you are like, I'm not going again. I'm not doing again. Do you understand? It's the goodness of God that steers you into repentance. It's the goodness of that godliness, eh? The way he teaches you godliness is to be godly to you. There's something I did one day and I was like, oh man. And God said, God told me, I can't be patient with, I can't, I can't ask you to be patient if I can't be patient with you. Do you understand? He, he, he wants, just relax. That He knows why you are doing it. The Bible said, we don't have a high priest who is not touched by the feeling. The reason why you did that thing, he understands. That temptation, let me explain, please, just give me time to explain this thing. That, eh, the, what he's saying is that, we don't have a high priest who is not touched, but at every point he was tempted, which means eh, you and Jesus were coming like this, oh, and then you saw that fine girl. Je the same thing you felt, Jesus felt it. Like, ah! Then Jesus now turned right. You, you turned left. <laughs> that, <laughs> don't understand. No, no, that's what it means. You don't have, but at every point we're tempted, but yet him without sin. But now you, you say, now he continued there. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain grace. That means at this point where you missed it, eh, the thing that made him turn right, come and collect it. Yes. That you turned left. The, where you turned right, come and collect the reason why he turned right. Forget about just don't worry about it. Come back. Do you understand? That, so that's consciousness that I'm missing it. Remove it from your mind. If you see God as your lover, as your dad, as I see my, my mental image of God is I'm a two-year-old and I'm just holding. If I break TV, no problem. He will buy another one. But at some point I will grow and I will not be breaking TV again. It's not because they knock my head. It's because I can't be breaking my dad's TV. All right, so, um, sorry, what's your name, sir? Jumbo. All right, um, you know, you said they convince you. I'll tell you quite frankly, no story or example will convince you more than the word of God. So what did Jesus do to the woman that was caught in adultery? He knew the woman sinned. He empowered her not to sin no more. But first of all, he dismissed the condemnation. Right? He said, is there anybody that condemn you here? He said, no, he said, neither do I condemn you. That's what God said to a woman caught in adultery. He said, I, didn't, I don't condemn you. He said, go and don't sin again. He empowered her not to sin again. When Sarah lied in the presence of God, did God drag it? Did God kill her? So you need the word of God to convince you of that. You understand? The, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, another question I would like to ask you. Since you've been doing this thing, have you sinned? Huh? 
since you've been doing God or doing whether it's religion or since you've been a Christian, have you sinned? Have you? Have you? Has God forgiven you? What convinced you? You hear it in church. Okay, you're hearing it now. God has forgiven you for the one you will commit tomorrow. He said, having forgiven us all, not some, all trespasses. Colossians chapter 2. So just read your Bible and then let the Holy Spirit just open things up to you. So my own child, my child is three years old. When he does something terrible, he will come and meet us and say, uh-oh. I know say don't match line. Or when I spank him for something naughty he has done, while he's crying, he will come to me and be hugging me. And God says to come to him like a child. God is better than any kind father you can think about. The painful things, we don't have natural examples. So that's why sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around it. But God is much more better. God is merciful. God says, anybody who wants to boast that they know me, should boast that they know that I'm merciful, I'm kind. You don't, if you don't know me like that, then you don't know me. Do you understand? If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Now, people who teach legalism preach it the other way, that same scripture. But that's not what John was saying. He's saying that God is bigger than your, the condemnation coming from your heart. God knows all things. So there's no fear in love and God is love. Amen? Alright, can we just put our hands together for God and then thank you. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the Tribe Lagos. God bless.